1: Welcome once again to another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We are back and better than ever. Hope you had a great weekend. I'm very excited about this show. I'm going to have on the show the Columbus State men's head basketball coach, head coach Robert Moore, and the Columbus State women's basketball coach, head coach Matt Hauser. As I'm cutting back this show, I'm going to do this show two to three times a week. They have agreed to be on the show to talk about the progress of the season. I'm very grateful Got a jam packed show. I'm going to talk about the chaos in college football. The United States and Wales end in a 1 1 draw as the U.S. national soccer team will take on England on Black Friday. This is broadcasted on WKEE 99.1 FM, The Key, out of Noonan. Brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror Podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. And I am Super excited to be here. I had a very busy week of calling games. First off, Corey and I had the privilege to fill in once again for 95.7 ESPN Radio in Columbus. And we called the Northside-Warner Robbins game at Kennett Stadium. First time that I've been at Kennett Stadium. And it was a very great opportunity. Unfortunately, Warner Robbins defeated Northside 38-7, ending the Patriots' season. We had a lot of great high school football games. And then yesterday, I got to be a part of history. They asked me to fill in once again on the broadcast for Columbus State Lady Cougars soccer in the NCAA tournament. And they come back from 3-1 to to defeat West Florida 4-3 to and punch their ticket to the Final Four in Seattle. And I have to say... That may have been the greatest game I've ever called. It's because of the moment. Anytime you have that moment, when a team wins a championship or when a team gets a big win, you get excited on the broadcast. And I got to experience that, and it was incredible. We are going to cover all the local stuff here in Columbus to include the Columbus River Dragons, who look like the best team in the Federal Prospects Hockey League they dominated port huron you know Corey and i were at the game on saturday columbus had a four nothing lead port huron kind of made things tight scored three goals but the river dragons were able to get the four three victory they are nine and one on the season they look absolutely incredible you also had the columbus state lady cougars and cougars basketball teams that were in action As the Cougars fell to North Carolina Pembroke in overtime, the Lady Cougars got the big road victory over the Rams of Albany State. So I have an announcement on the show. Just a reminder that on Wednesday, November the 23rd, is the Sports Visions Isaiah Crowell's Feed the Hungry. He is going to be giving out food and serving the community. It's a free event. There's going to be live music. I'm a huge fan of Isaiah Crowell. I think he... He's one of the greatest running backs to ever come out of Columbus. I know on the other side of the river, he played at Central, J.D. McKissick, who plays for the Washington Commanders. Great running back, but really in the Fountain City, it's all about Isaiah Crowell. And Wednesday's show is going to be dedicated to him. You know, During the holiday season, you know it's very important just to spend time with your family and uh, just to take some well-deserved time off. And as much as I want to keep going, you know, the grind is a blessing, but there are times where you just got to take a step back and reflect on things that are important in this life. Oh, the chaos of college football, and it does not seem to amaze me. First of all, I want to say a speedy recovery to Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker who tore his ACL, and he is out for the season. But what happened to Tennessee williams Bryce Stadium against the South Carolina Gamecocks? I could not believe that Tennessee's defense surrendered 63 points to the Gamecocks. Well, they're out of the college football playoff. A lot of the top teams were struggling. The early games, TCU had to get a walk-off field goal to beat Baylor. That was just exciting because... They had no timeouts, and the kicker rushed onto the field to kick the field goal. TCU survives. Michigan survives against Illinois with a game-winning field goal. And say what you want about Georgia. They beat Kentucky 16-6. It was bad weather conditions. They survived. This was a week where we saw a lot of close upsets. Georgia surviving, that's all they can do. But they go undefeated in the SEC once again in the regular season for the second year in a row. They're going to be clearly the new number one in the college football rankings, and they will take on Georgia Tech this Saturday, the 5-6 and six Georgia Tech. That a huge upset over North Carolina. And I think that interim head coach Brent Key deserves the full-time gig. Georgia Tech has a chance to go to a bowl game if they upset Georgia. Well, that's a tall task, but anything is possible. I see a college football playoff scenario where the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game is going to get the number 2 spot. and Even the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game could still be in the college football playoff. But I think this is how it's going to play out. TCU, if they go undefeated and they win the Big 12, they're in. If USC hits Notre Dame next week and wins the Pac-12 championship therein, it's plain and simple. I believe the four teams in the college football playoff is going to be Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and USC, which would set up for an epic matchup between the Georgia Bulldogs and the USC Trojans at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in that first semifinal matchup. This is the dream matchup I've always wanted to see. Here's my situation about the Auburn head coach. I honestly feel that Auburn should give it to Cadillac Williams. The kids play hard for him. He deserves to be the head coach at the University of Auburn. I'll tell you what, if Auburn beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl, he is going to be the head coach. The Atlanta Falcons won on Sunday. They got to 5 wins by Thanksgiving for the first time since 2017. Nobody expected anything from this Atlanta Falcons. They beat the Chicago Bears 27 to 24 to push their record to 5 and 6, including a kickoff return by Cordell Patterson. Young Way Koo's 53-yard field goal lifted the Atlanta Falcons past a Chicago Bears team for a split second, I thought they were going to win this game. They looked like the more dominant team. I felt that Marcus Mariota looked pedestrian at best. And the Atlanta Falcons are only a half a game behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the division. But the Falcons did receive some bad news that their star-tied end, Kyle Pitts, is going to be out with an MCL injury. They have placed him on injury reserve, and hopefully he can have a speedy recovery and the Falcons could get him back into the lineup. He's going to miss four games. They might be able to get him back for his last two games of the season. But Kyle Pitts' season is just about over. Some of the other action in the National Football League. How about them Dallas Cowboys? This score shocked me. 40-3 to as the Dallas Cowboys took on the Minnesota Vikings, who only had one loss. After they came off one of the best games ever, against the Buffalo Bills the week before. They just could not get anything going with that Dallas Cowboy defense. This was a statement win for the Cowboys. And they're going into that game on Thanksgiving against the New York Giants with a lot of confidence. If they could find a way to overtake the Eagles, I think the Dallas Cowboys could go to the Super Bowl this year. I know a lot of Cowboy fans were saying that about last year's team. The most shocking result to come out of the NFL yesterday was the Patriots' 10-3 win over the New York Jets. It's 3-3, and the Patriots win it on a walk-off punt return. Unbelievable. Bill Belichick just owns the Jets. He always has. He always will. Both teams are 6-4. So everybody in the AFC East is either 7-3 or 6-4. Right now, the Miami Dolphins are in first place. I'm just going to come out and say it. This is the best Miami Dolphins team since the Dan Marino teams. I think this team has a legitimate shot at not only making the playoffs, but making a deep run in the playoffs. But if Tua gets to the AFC Championship and they have to face Patrick Mahomes, I think that that is going to be a challenge because Patrick Mahomes, shown once again, if you give him the ball with no timeouts left, and they need to score a touchdown, he's going to score a touchdown. So with 37 seconds left and down 27-23, to 23, Patrick Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey for a 17-yard touchdown, and the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Los Angeles Chargers 30-27, to 27, and the Chiefs do it again. They're going to wrap up home field advantage. They're going to be the number one seed, and they're going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Even though they have the one Super Bowl, this is a dynasty. This is the team of the 2020s, led by Andy Reid, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. He stayed put. You think that like it's a shame that he can't find an NFL coaching job, but the sustainability of this coaching staff is why the Chiefs are winning. Steve Spagnuolo is a very underrated defensive coordinator. You got Eric Bieniemy and you got Andy Reid. What else could you ask for? Patrick Mahomes just does it because he has the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey, The Chiefs. I'm saying they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's a foregone conclusion. Look, I know that Buffalo beat them in Arrowhead. Buffalo's got some problems. I think if the Chiefs met the Bills again, they would find a way to get it done. And I know they only have the one Super Bowl win. But they did make a Super Bowl appearance, and they made an AFC Championship appearance last season. This is a dynasty, and they are the team of the 2020s. And they're going to win another Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes is superman he is the best player in this league bar none say what you want about josh allen say what you want about lamar jackson but it's patrick Mahomes, and everybody else is chasing him all right so i did start this show talking about college football in the nfl but you know because i'm airing this show on tuesday i've got to talk about the united states in the world cup from start to finish i watched the game against wales This was a match that they had to win if they want to advance out of the group. Say what you want. This is a disappointing 1-1 tie. First of all, I'm excited to see the United States back in a World Cup since 2014. It's been a long time coming. This is also the first World Cup for Christian Pulisic, who is a superstar. He had a lot of open looks in yesterday's match. The United States get the 1-0 lead on a goal led by Timothy Weah. And then I saw the United States hold on for dear life. Zimmerman, just a terrible penalty in the box. And Gareth Bale, Wales superstar, gets the penalty kick. And now we have a 1-1 tie. England won their match against Iran. The United States will take on England on Friday. They have got to get a tie. you got to hope that Iran either ties Wales or beats Wales. Because England beat Iran 6-2. to Now we're talking about goal differential. The United States has to advance from this group. England is going to advance in this group because of the goal differential. Like, if they tie the United States, they're going to beat Wales. They're the much better team. I thought that Wales was a decent team. I think that Gareth Bale is their best player. And they played very physical and aggressive in that second half. The United States had the possession in that first half a lot more than Wales. But I think that this is a very disappointing 1-1 tie. Now, there is a fact, I saw this on Twitter. It was posted uh, by uh, Mike Conti, who does the games for Atlanta United. The United States has not beaten a team from Europe since 1950. So I know that maybe Wales wasn't very high in the FIFA rankings, but still it's a team from Europe. And so they have a very tough group. They've got to have a good showing against England. I know that England looks amazing. Harry Kane is their star striker. And England was able to put up six goals against Iran. They've got to at least get the tie and then beat Iran. If they don't advance out of this group, it's a disappointment. For sure. This is supposed to be the United States' best team they've had since 2002. The team that went to the quarterfinals. And Christian Polisic is a star. I just love watching him play. He had a lot of great looks, and he actually got his teammates involved, and the assist on that first goal was just incredible. And I got excited. I tweeted, you know, the United States scored a goal. I mean, World Cup soccer is always going to be great. I know it's football season, but you have your soccer purists that constantly watch soccer all the time, and they don't really have a second favorite sport. Those are the World Cup fans that are really coming out to show the support for the United States. I'm a supports fan, so I'm going to root for the United States in the World Cup. It's a big deal. I'm also a fan of the World Cup. I did watch it in 2018, even when the United States was not there, because I rooted for Mexico. Mexico takes on Poland, and then you got Canada taking on Belgium. So you got some teams to root for in North America, and and I'm really a fan of CONCACAF. The San Francisco 49ers picked up the victory over the Arizona Cardinals in Mexico City, 38-10. And Christian McCaffrey is making the difference. The 49ers are 6-4, and they are one of the best teams in the NFC. I think they're going to start to pull away. They're now in first place in the NFC West, tied with the Seattle Seahawks. they got an easy schedule coming up against the Saints, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, And I think it's going to be the 49ers and Cowboys once again in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to meet in the NFC Championship, but they're going to meet in the playoffs. I think the Eagles and the Vikings are going to wrap up the number one and number two seed. But somebody's going to upset them in the divisional round. These are the two best teams in the NFC. Now let's talk about the NBA because over the weekend, the Atlanta Hawks get the huge win over the Toronto Raptors. And it was Probably the best finish I've ever witnessed in a game. Trey Young in overtime, the game winner to A.J. Griffin. I think A.J. Griffin could be a star in this league. And I'm really surprised with the play of DeAndre Hunter. John Collins is regressed a little bit. They're 10-7. and 7. They did lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers last night on the road. They look like a very good team, but they just find a saw when they meet the Boston Celtics. There's just something about the Celtics. They might be the best team in the NBA. But on this show, I know I have a Georgia podcast, but I want to give some love to the Sacramento Kings who have won six straight. It is the first time that the Kings have won six straight since, you guessed it, the 2005-2006 season. That was the last time they made the playoffs. This Sacramento Kings team is starting to remind me of those teams with Chris Weber, Peja Stojakovic, Mike Bibby, Vladi Divac, Doug Christie. The greatest show on court that were the most exciting team in the early 2000s that should have won an NBA title. But this team has got all-stars. De'Aaron Fox is already an all-star. He's going to make the all-star team. He's averaging 25 points a game. Domiteta Sabonis averages a double-double. And a gift from the Atlanta Hawks. Getting Kevin Herter. He has contributed so much to the Sacramento Keens' success. And they are a great basketball team. And I believe, I believe the Sacramento Keens are going to snap that longest playoff drought this year. Because right now they would be the sixth seed. And they are going to make the playoffs. Well, the Lakers, hard to believe, yes. They are doing it without LeBron in the lineup. But Anthony Davis is healthy. I still think if Anthony Davis and LeBron are playing at their best, the Lakers are a playoff team. They're starting to get some players to contribute like Lonnie Walker, but they need more than that. And I'm sorry, but Russell Westbrook is just not the answer. But the Lakers get the 123-92 to victory over the San Antonio Spurs, and they're now 5-10. and There's not a whole lot that surprises me in the NBA right now you got Boston that's 13 and 3 in the Eastern Conference. The Utah Jazz actually surprises me because they're 12 and 6 in first place in the Western Conference and they're doing it without Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But you got Phoenix, Portland and Denver all at 10 and 6. Sacramento at 9 and 6. And I you know I expect Memphis and the Clippers to compete. New Orleans is 9 and 7 as long as Zion is healthy. And the Los Angeles Lakers have won 3 straight. But that still doesn't mean they're going to get into the playoffs. The Warriors are a little disappointing, 8-9, and nine, but they've won two straight. Still early, still early in the NBA season. In college basketball, the Georgia Bulldogs are 3-1. and one. It looks like the Mike White era is working. They only won six games last year, but the Georgia Bulldogs have already won three. They're halfway there, and I think that they're going to be a team that could compete eventually down the road. But I'm not sure if they're going to compete in the SEC this year. They are winning against the teams that they are supposed to win against. That is important. That's all they have to do is beat those non-Power 5 schools that are on their non-conference schedule. And when you get into SEC play, maybe you might get lucky and you might pull off a victory. I don't really expect a whole lot from the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm looking forward to that uh, game on December the 6th when they take on Georgia Tech. Because that's always fun to see Georgia play Georgia Tech in basketball. Georgia Tech has always been the standard of basketball. And uh, Georgia's just lucky to get in the tournament. And I know that's something they want to do. But 3-1, and one, not bad. They did get the win over Bucknell. And they got an easy non-conference schedule coming up: Saint Joseph's, East Tennessee State, Hampton, and Florida A&M before they take on Georgia Tech and then Notre Dame. Georgia is led by Terry Roberts, who's averaging 15 points a game, followed by Cairo Equindo. They so got some new players on this team. I like the play of Terry Roberts. I think that Terry Roberts is an outstanding guard. That has big time capabilities. He's the transfer from Bradley. It's good that Coach White has got him on this team. And I'm looking at this roster. They got a guy named Jabari Abdurrahim. I wonder if he is related to Sharif Abdurrahim or Kennesaw State's uh, head coach, Amir Abdurrahim. Of course, everybody knows Sharif Abdurrahim played at Joseph Wheeler High School. Out of Marietta and won a state championship for the state of Georgia. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Georgia Tech, Josh Pastner, you know he's on the hot seat. If Georgia Tech does not compete in the ACC, I don't expect Josh Pastner to keep a job at Georgia Tech. Looking good so far. They're three and zero. Let's see what they do when they get into ACC play. But looking at their wins, got a win over Georgia State. They beat Northern Illinois. Congratulations to Georgia and Georgia Tech for a pretty fast start here in the early part of the season. Georgia State is 4-2. I expect Georgia State to do well and compete in the Sun Belt and possibly make the NCAA tournament. I know it's early in college basketball, but I do love college basketball. I love just the pageantry. And I love it when Kentucky underachieves, and it's just amazing. You know, you got teams just beating up on each other. Gonzaga losing to Texas. North Carolina still number one. Uh, Baylor is going to compete. And you know, when March comes around and you're filling out your brackets, well, I'm paying attention to college basketball in November, and you're not. So, you know, I'm probably going to do. I'm probably still going to have brackets busted when we get to March. All right, let's switch gears and talk about the Columbus River Dragons because that was an amazing performance by the River Dragons over the weekend defeating the Port Huron Prowlers, sweeping them Friday night and Saturday night as well. The Columbus River Dragons are the best team in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. And say what you want about the Danbury Tricks, I mean, they have a great record as well. But I'm seeing what the Columbus River Dragons have done and it was a very special moment at the Columbus Civic Center on Saturday because they retired the number of Chase Fallis. Number 14 will never be worn by a River Dragons player again. Chase Fallis actually saw action in the game and Columbus was able to beat Port Huron 5 to 2 and 5 to 3 on Friday and Saturday night. And so I'm going to take a look at your stats for the Columbus River Dragons. Leading the way with 17 points, he's got four goals and three assists, is Austin Doe. Your leading goal scorer is Alex Storjahan with seven goals and six assists. Kelly Jacob has 12 points. He's got five goals and seven assists. And the ageless wonder, the captain, Josh Pietrantonio, which... I would love to see more action. I mean, he hasn't really played in a whole lot of games. He's only played in six games. He's got four goals on the season. And then Jay Krupp has got four goals. Kirk Underwood and Michael Greco, both with five goals. The Columbus River Dragons will travel to Mississippi to take on the Mississippi Seawolves on Thanksgiving and Black Friday. They're back in action at the Columbus Civic Center on Saturday and I got to tell you, General Manager Scott Brand does an amazing job with the product. Tom Callahan does an amazing job on the play by play. You know, I know Dana Barker. I'm friends with him, the PA announcer for the River Dragons. He's been a guest on this show. He does work at Auburn. He is a referee at high school football on the Georgia side and on the Alabama side. So he's a man of many hats. So Ben Thomas filled in for him. As the PA announcer, Ben Thomas is the PA announcer for the Columbus Chattahoots and as well as Central. He also does the weather at WRBL. What a phenomenal job by Ben Thomas. And I told that to him. You know, we're Facebook friends. I reached out to him. He did a great job filling in for Dana Barker as the PA announcer. And I had a great time. You know, they were free tickets. So I decided to invite my broadcast partner, Corey Bank, and he had a fun time as well. And it was great just to talk River Dragons hockey. All right. We'll be back with Columbus State head basketball coach of the men's team, head coach Robert Moore. And then we will be back with head basketball coach of the women's team, head coach Matt Hauser. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: The man in the mirror, your host, Charles Stevens. Who is the man in the mirror? A simple man that wishes. His country would care more about the people of this country than money. I think humanity and the well-being of each America should be the priority of this country. We all as people make this country. If the powers to be doesn't care about the people, then how can you call this a great America? We as Americans should be equal across the board for everything, not just some people but all America, your host, Charles Stevens, the man in the mirror.
1: You are listening to Man in the Mirror, hosted by Charles Stevens. You could download an episode of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, the official post-game after-party for your Columbus Rapids. Located on 9501 Veterans Parkway in Columbus, Georgia, Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill is the perfect place to watch sports and enjoy great food. This podcast is brought to you by Christie's Cafe. Located at 27 Jackson Street in Noonan, Christie's Cafe serves breakfast all day. They have the best lunch around. Open from Wednesdays through Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. And Sundays 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., you could place a takeout order online at Christie's Cafe.square.site. Come on by Christie's Cafe and enjoy some good food. Welcome back to the show. And on the show today, I've got the Columbus State men's basketball coach, Robert Moore. Coach Moore, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, Let's talk about uh, so far. All right, Coach, so you're 2-2 and so far in the season. Uh, Lost a heartbreaker in overtime at the Lumpkin Center to North Carolina Pembroke. But I tell you, Coach, I'm really impressed with the new kid. You know, he's local to Columbus, uh, Daniel Melvin. I mean, so far, uh, what's the outlook of the season? Uh, So far, like I told you before,
2: we plan a lot of new guys, a lot of new faces. They're older guys, but they've been to different programs. The only guy that's returning is Nelson Haskins that got a lot of playing time on that NCAA tournament team last year. And so guys like Daniel Melvin stepping in and doing his job. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, he hit six threes against Pembroke the other night. Uh, we just feel like if these guys just keep getting better day by day and be everyday guys in the classroom and on the court. Uh, I like our chances to, you know, compete for a Peach Belt Championship with Augusta State.
1: Coach, you got a long road trip starting up at Hickory, North Carolina, against Lenore Rhine. You're not back at the Lumpkin Center until December the 20th, but that's when you get into Peach Belt Conference play. Uh, what are you telling your team uh, to prepare for this long road trip? And and really, what are you looking forward to before you get into conference play?
2: Oh, I, I just think we got one of the toughest schedules in Division II basketball, but I tell our guys all the time, it's going to prepare us for conference play. And that's what you play for, to win a conference championship, regular season and the tournament. And Lenore Ryan beat Louisville in an exhibition game, and they're 3-0 as far as Division II opponents. It's uh, going to be a tough game for us. But our guys played really well up in North Carolina a couple of weeks ago against Mount Olive and Barton, and I'm looking for the same type of intensity and in going to win games. Uh, you know, when you're uh, one of the top Division II programs in the country, like a Columbus State, you expect to win every night. So we was kind of really hurt about the game, but we knew we played well, but we got to clean up some things. We missed too many free throws, and we didn't rebound the basketball like we needed to.
1: But what did it mean, Coach, to play a game, the home opener at the Lumpkin Center Saturday afternoon? And, and it was an exciting game, and, and the, there were fans out there, and they were just really excited just to have Cougar basketball back in the Fountain City. Oh, yeah, it was one of those exciting games.
2: Like you said, we got a couple local guys that's on the team. Ladarius Jones played at Jerd. Daniel Melvin played at Carver High School. So you could tell Carver High School had the entire basketball team there. So it was a lot of excitement in the Lumpkin Center to see these guys play. And, uh, and like I tell our guys, man, you just got to go out and do your best every night and give, give great effort. And that's what we've been harping on all year.
1: All right, so the outlook in the Peach Bell Conference, you look at some of the top teams, Augusta University, You've got Lander, you've got Flagler. So I know we talked before the season started about what is the outlook. I mean, that this team is expected to make it to the NCAA tournament. But when you're looking at this team with the group of guys that are there, what really is the realistic expectations for the Columbus State Cougars going forward in the 2022-2023 season?
2: Uh, our goals gonna stay the, uh, stay the same because we feel like we got enough talent and we're gonna do enough things to get better every day. Our goal is to win the regular championship, win the uh, the Peach Belt tournament, and then go on in the NCAA tournament and try to get to the second or third round. Uh, that's all, Those are realistic goals for this team. Uh, we can put everything together. Uh, we don't have you know four good games against really good Division two uh, competition. Got to keep playing and, and just stay positive. I think our guys uh, learned a lot from that Pembroke game on Saturday
1: afternoon. All right, coach. You started the year two and zero. You defeated Barton College ninety five to sixty six, and then defeated Mount Olive sixty six to sixty three. You fought a tough Morehouse College seventy six to seventy two on the road in Atlanta, and then lost to North Carolina Pembroke seventy five to seventy two. You pretty much you're two and two, but you had very two very close games. And you could easily be four and zero right now. Oh, I, easily. I know be- they, oh, yeah. The, this team is is starting to come together. I mean, they're they're a team that is a like you said, a mixture of of young players and some veterans. But you know, looking at the road schedule, you got Lenore Ryan. We talked about him. Carson Newman, Keene University, Tuskegee University. You, you got a pretty lucrative road trip and then you open the season in augusta georgia on december the 12th the peach belt conference opener that's a that's a tough road stretch coach i mean with um i know what what's your expectations uh, as far as record wise on that road trip
2: oh and road trip we're we're expecting to win at least three games we got to win three out of those four uh we feel like if we could we could make a a good run during that time uh because a lot of times you're not going to win a tournament whether it's Peach Bell or NCAA tournament, just by winning home games. you got to be able to win on the road to win a regular season championship and to win a tournament. So we're just trying to get our guys really prepared, stay mentally tough. And most of the time you go to somebody's place, you're already down 10 points before you get off the bus because you never know how guys going to shoot it at their place, how the crowd going to get into it. So we're just trying to prepare our guys for everything that's going to be played for all the marbles in March
1: coach when we get into conference play it's pretty much going to be a wednesday saturday slate of games and we know that the fans are going to show up but uh, that's something where you could showcase this team of course the girls best bas- the, the the women's basketball team will will play at 5:30 and you guys will tip off action at the lumpkin center at 7 uh, but what are some ways to just promote this basketball program in the community to get more of the city involved to either come out to the Lumpkin Center and, and check out a game or or listen to the game on the radio when Scott Miller does the play-by-play?
2: Oh, yeah. Scott Miller is the uh, voice of Cougar sports athletics. He's been doing it for years. Uh, people need to just tune in and listen to him. And also, we've been having some great days uh, set aside to bring more people out. we got – uh, Saturday, we had youth Day, we had three or four churches bring their youth to the game. And we also had High School Day where we Carver High School came out. We're just going to keep doing things like that. We're going to have an old timers game where all the former players come back. We're going to have a business night for Nova's, and all those people come out. We're just going to keep promoting it. And, you know, the more you come out to the Lumpen Center, the more you'll keep coming back because I think we got a great show in town. These guys play hard. We shoot
1: a lot of threes,
2: so it's exciting.
1: Very exciting indeed, Coach. And you talked about former Columbus State players, and uh, two come to mind from last year's team, Hunter Preston and Langston Gather. Uh, Do you keep in touch with them, or how are they doing so far? Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, Hunter Preston won a championship in Bolivia, and now he's in Spain playing. And Langston Gaither's transferred to an NAIA school. Both of those guys are doing really well. Uh, We support everybody that's been a Cougar. Uh, and like I said, we got a lot of former players in Muskogee County. Marvin Crom played at Columbus State. He's the principal at Columbus High. Matt Bale works at the Muskogee County Central Office, used to be the principal at Hardaway High School. He played at Columbus State. So we, we have a lot of former players that are doing a lot of good things
1: here in the community. Coach, I am excited about this season. So far, two and two on the year. <coughs> Sorry, I just – <clears throat> so, t- so far, two and two on the year, and your first home game is December the 20th. I know it's the holiday break for a lot of students, but uh, hopefully we can get a lot of fans out there to the Lumpkin Center and support the Columbus State Cougars that first home game in oh, conference yeah, play.
2: Been, yeah, it'll be a double hurdle between the uh, men and the women. Uh, the women will play at 530. We'll play at 730. We're just looking for everybody to come out and
1: watch. All right, so I, I do want to talk about some of your other players. I mean, so we mentioned uh, Daniel Melvin. You know, he went to Carver. You have Grant Howard. You got Demary Black. Demir that- Black. Yep, Demir Black. You you mentioned Nelson Haskin returning from last year's team. Joshua Jerome. Told you, I'm looking down your roster. You got a lot of new players. I mean, how does that, what is the practice in the sessions like just to find out the talent level on this team and how to get everybody involved with more playing time?
2: What we do is it's very unique. You don't see a lot of programs do it. We don't we don't say we have a starting five. We say we got a starting 12. So we just mix all the guys in together in different segments. Like, you know, sometimes we'll just have a defensive segment where we put our best defensive team on the floor, and then sometimes we'll go offense where we'll put our best offensive team against uh, against our best defensive team. So it's, it's a mixture of so many different things that we want to see. Sometimes we'll play small ball and go with all the shooters. And sometimes we'll go big and put some like somebody like Josh Jerome playing the small forward position along with Nelson Haskins and those kind of guys. So it's been interesting to see how our guys adapt to it. But we're still
1: learning each other, and we're still playing basketball. And we're just getting better every day. Coach, I do want to talk about the the last game. On Saturday, the overtime loss to North Carolina Pembroke, 75-72. to 72. It was a back-and-forth game. And it just – Daniel Melvin, he actually had the, the last-second three-pointer to send it into overtime. But that overtime, once once you got into that overtime, North Carolina Pembroke was able to pull the victory out. But Grant Howard was the second-highest uh, scorer in the game with 12 points. But I got to tell you, Coach, like what Melvin Daniel did what leading the way with 21 points, and you also had uh, Nelson Haskin grabbing uh, 12 rebounds. The team played hard, but like, really, what was uh, your your outlook of the game and the way that your team played against North Carolina Pembroke? Uh, I, I thought we,
2: I thought Pembroke. You got to take your hats off to Pembroke. I thought they made some key shots down the stretch to, uh, to take us out. And I and I told our guys, I think it goes to the free throw line. I think it was sort of like eleven for twenty one for the free throw line. You got to make those free throws, especially at home, because you're playing a good team like a North Carolina Pembroke that's seventeenth in the country right now. And you got to be able to take care of those kind of things. And I think we lost like nine or 10 on the board. So they out-rebounded us, and then we didn't shoot very well from the free throw line. I thought that was our Achilles heel that cost
1: us the loss. And I was very impressed with Ladarius Jones with five assists on the team. But it's like something that that you probably preach at practice is just to make sure to not play selfish basketball, just to to make sure that you're, you're passing the rock and, and – Getting those open shots for your scorers. Oh yeah, I was I was very impressed with uh, Ladarius Jones. I thought he found Dan- Daniel
2: Melvin more than anybody. Uh, a couple of times I can remember him coming down the court, and Daniel Melvin is trailing him, and he would pitch it back to Daniel for a wide open three. So I think this, this group really shares the basketball. Josh Jones can pass it. All our guys are very good passers. The first game of the season we had 24 assists. The second game we had 17 assists.
1: So I, I think this group has to really share the basketball, and knock down shots to be successful. Well, Coach, good luck traveling up to Hickory, North Carolina, to take on Lenore Ryan University. Actually, Next Tuesday, November 29th, that will be the next game where the Columbus State Cougars are in action. Hopefully you and your players will have some much-needed rest during the Thanksgiving holidays. Oh, yeah, and you have a happy Thanksgiving
2: with your family also. Our guys are at home
1: with their families right now
2: the afternoon after Thanksgiving
1: and we'll get ready to play Lenore Ryan on Tuesday. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. All right. That was Columbus State men's head basketball coach, head coach Robert Bohr. We will be right back with Columbus State women's head coach, Matt Hauser. Local Grounds Cafe and Coffee Shop is the perfect place to Relax, drink some coffee. They just have delicious treats, friendly staff. They have free Wi-Fi. They have outdoor dining. Pets are always welcome with contactless payments. Located at 407 North Greenwood Street in LaGrange, Local Grounds is the perfect place. It's Local Grounds with a Z. All right, welcome back. And I've got on the show the head coach of the Columbus State women's basketball team, head coach Matt Hauser. Coach, your team's three and one so far. Great win on the road against Albany State, and uh, you you've got uh, actually a game tomorrow. And uh, I'm trying to remember exactly who the opponent is. I mean, you a, Anderson. A good. It's who? Anderson University at 5:30 p.m. Okay, so you playing Anderson University at the Lumpkin Center tomorrow but uh, you get the 75 to 58 victory over Albany state coach. So far the team looks good. You're three and one. So uh, what has uh, been the success so far uh, with a young team and, and what what's the outlook so far on the season with this team so far?
0: I think it's just growing and getting better every game um, and just making sure we're getting better every day from the mistakes that we made prior. So, I think that's one of the things that we just want to improve on and um, we're really talented. And if we can just keep growing in that direction, then the talent uh, along with discipline and more structure, more fundamental um, structure is going to be the catalyst that's going to take this team above and beyond.
1: So far the team looks good, but tomorrow night at the Lumpkin center, you'll take on Anderson university and, uh, you know, this team, you know, they're going to end up taking on West Florida on the 2nd of uh, December. So there are some home games, but you also have a road trip before you start conference play. Uh, what, are you pre- uh, what are you preparing your team as far as just the mental focus to get ready for these non-conference games, especially when we have the holiday break coming up before they start conference play?
0: Uh I think it's just more about um, focusing on our system and focusing on how we want to play uh, as soon as we step on the court to, you know, the end of the game. Um, I think inconsistency, especially with a young team um, can make or break them. Um, And I think one of the things we just want to be consistent on is uh, just our energy and effort and uh, making sure that we can, Play as disciplined as possible. And I think that will carry us far for now. Um, needing somebody to go 30 and 20 or something like that, I don't think that's what we need as of right now with this team. Um, we're very deep and we have a lot of weapons and we can go deep in our bench, is what we'd like to do, uh, especially with the style and speed that we play. Uh, so I think we get contributions from everybody, which is amazing. Uh, it's just making sure that we do. Um, the little things right and not uh, have a lot of young mistakes as we play these games, especially when they're our senior heavy. We just got to make sure we do the little things right.
1: Coach, we know about the play of Amber Boosbay from last year, but really Amelia Tenbrock, who's averaging 13 points a game has come on as the leading scorer, And you've also had contributions from Alana Rawls, So with these newcomers coming in this season and you also have the veteran play, you mentioned before that you have a young team. But what is how has the growth contributed to the productive play from your key players? Yeah, I think it's just they are excited
0: and they're ready to. Uh, play a real season. I think the uh, returners haven't had a real season yet because of COVID, like I mentioned before the past two years. So I think they're really excited about, um, you know, seeing what a real season looks like, being able to play condition um, to get better every single game and not sit out two, three, four weeks at a time. So I think that's what's exciting for them. And they're able to grow and just, you know, get comfortable with even more of what Columbus State basketball is about. And I think that helps leading the freshmen that are coming in um, because I think they're being great examples. Uh, Amber, Alana, and Emmy um, are great shining examples to our younger group. Um, But especially even the returners like Susanna Gaucher, uh, you know, Adriana Brownlee, those girls are really, you know, stepping up and, you know, showing them exactly what it's supposed to be like here at Columbus State University.
1: All right, let's talk about the Peach Belt Conference because you were able to make it to the NCAA tournament last year because of your defensive efficiency, but you had some tough stretches where some games were postponed because of COVID. But if you look at the landscape of this conference, uh, Georgia Southwestern is going to be a talented team like from last year, North Georgia College, always a tough team in the Peach Belt Uh, has the landscape changed in the peach bell and who's expected to be the favorite this year? Um, I think uh, right now uh, Columbus
0: state, George Southwestern, North Georgia are going to, you know, go head to head a lot. Uh, Lander university who's always in the top, you know, one, two, three, four, every single year, their coach went on, moved on to division one. So it'll be interesting to see how they transcend with the new coach and uh, she'll rebuild and she'll do really well um, at that program. Um, and then just everybody else is just growing new players, different type of looks. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how um, we battle it out with George Southwestern, North Georgia this year and Clayton state. They're really tough too. And um, yeah, I mean, they all want it. They're all, trying to be ranked in the top 25 in the nation. So it's just going to be a, um, a battle of just great players and great teams and great programs, and I can't wait to get into those type of games because that's just how you grow, and that's how you get these kids uh, better day by day.
1: Coach, I know it's a great time to be a Cougar. I know that the athletic teams all support each other. But what do you think about the Columbus State women's soccer team making it to the Final Four? Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: it it was just amazing. And, you know, it's kind of tough because um, our practices or our games, you know, are during their time when they're playing. So uh, our team was all huddled around, you know, the phone to watch the overtime against Flagler, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, And then to see them overcome West Florida, too. But I think that's what we always do is we all support each other and I just want to commend Jay. Uh, he's just doing an amazing job over there and to get this program to the final four is not something that we're surprised at at all. Uh, his program's always top four in the nation every single year and uh, you know he's just doing exactly what he's doing with that program and those girls are just amazing athletes and they're amazing student athletes and we all support them like they come to our games we go to their games and uh we have just a great bond with everybody and we're just wishing them the best and uh we're just hoping they come back with the national title and because that's what we do here at columbus state that's what we all come here together it's like we're always trying to be the top dog in the nation which is just fun to be around all 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 of the student athletes at columbus state and i think that's what helps you know, push each other a little bit, not just within one program, but with all programs.
1: Coach, as always, great having you on the show. Good luck the rest of the season. And definitely going to try to make it out to some games, especially that first uh, Peach Belt Conference game where uh, we'll get to see uh, the women play basketball and the men at the same time, it should be a great time, especially during the holiday season. I know a lot of the students are going to be on Christmas break, but if you're a local resident in Columbus, there's not a better place to be than at the Lumpkin Center on December the 20th. So, but December's 15th, I think
0: it's going to be Lander at home. That's going to be a great game for the men and women's basketball team. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of uh, exciting Um you know, for the boys and the women and we play at five 30 and the boys will always play at seven 30. So it's going to be an exciting time to come in and watch uh, some good basketball. I think we had over uh, 2000 found fa- fans, our first home game just for women's with the uh, tree lighting last Monday. So uh, it's packed in the gym again at Lumpkin and it's just bringing a great atmosphere and great entertainment for everybody. So we just want to
1: see everybody pack the house. I appreciate it coach. Thanks no again. No problem. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was the Columbus State women's head basketball coach, head coach Matt Hauser. Thanks once again for joining us for another episode and we'll see you next time.
0: You've been
2: listening to the sports beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on anchor Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found.